Welcome to Drone Business Talk, the show where we discuss the business of unmanned aviation. Find out about the latest drone applications and trends as we talk to drone company CEOs, business owners, pilots, and thought leaders to reveal the status of the drone industry. Here is your host, Tom Verbruggen. Welcome to episode 18 of Drone Business Talk. Well, we're back with our series on the pioneers of the drone industry, and today's guest is Toby, Managing Director at Drone Ninja in Nigeria, as you might have guessed from the name of his company. Hi, Toby. How are you doing? Hi, Leonard. I'm great. And yourself? I'm doing very well. Um, could you maybe start with introducing yourself a little bit and your company? Sure. Um, my name is Toby Akimbi, as you said. Um, I've been in Nigeria now since 2010. Uh, my background is from civil engineering and uh, multimedia. And um, we started the company in 2015. We're a startup. We probably still call ourselves a startup because what we try to do is we actually create awareness for the drone technology. We're a drone solutions provider, but by the same token, we also like to go to trade shows and create awareness of the technology and train, uh, not train, but more or less um, enlighten and educate people of this technology and how it can be relevant in their industry, namely um, construction, agriculture, security, um, tourism, in forms of image videos, etc. Um, yeah, um, that's actually a, a very important part already is, and I think that's something that every that every drone operator is still, is still doing, is, is creating the awareness and making sure that companies know what the added value can be of drones. Um, how do you guys do that? Um, as I said, primarily through um, trade shows. So we make a conscious effort to be at relevant international trade shows, uh, ranging from AgroFoods, which is a trade show from a German company called Fairtrade um, in all of Africa. And um, they're always in Lagos for the whole of West Africa once a year. So we attend that trade show. Then there's also security trade show, which is Securex by Montgomery, Aquaset Montgomery, which is a, a British company. And uh, they also do trade shows. So we also go to that trade show and create awareness of how the drone technology can be relevant in the security sector and also in the fire search and rescue industry. All right. Um, could you tell me maybe a little bit more about um, on, what, on what specific uh, parts of the drone industry that it is that your company focuses on or if it's every part of the drone industry? I wouldn't say every part, um, but what we try to do is, so our core um, team, we're, um, let me say, multi-talented. So our background is my background from civil engineering, multimedia. Then our sales and marketing manager is versed in um, tourism, uh, mechatronics and facility management, and then um, one of our operating, uh, chief operating director, he's an airline pilot with um, over 18,000 flying miles experience, so commercial pilots, retired. So um, with that knowledge, we're able to be operating in different industries because we have that knowledge. It's not that we say like, oh, let's go into um, land surveys and have no idea of land surveys. So my background from civil engineering will allow me to also capture useful data for our clients. The same goes for uh, multimedia. It's not just I'm buying a drone, I don't know what I'm doing. I know how cameras work. I used to teach in the Middle East um, at a multimedia college. I was academic manager for a uh, um, multimedia university in Slovenia for one year. So I have knowledge on how to edit films, how to make things look good on camera. So with, our, with that, 
as you can see on our website, um, we're very diverse in our applications. We're not limiting ourselves to one industry. All right, because that was actually going to be one of one of my next questions a little bit later on is um, how do you okay. stand against the, the fact that some people say that it's important to just focus on one aspect, for example, oil and gas or on security or on agriculture? Um, while I saw that on your website, you focus on, on a more variety of industries. Um, so there's really two sides there. One says um, be an expert in one thing. The other says take as much business as you can and we'll see what sticks. How, what, what is your opinion I mean, uh, I, about that? My opinion is um, I believe everybody is different. Every company has a different approach. Um, my approach is if you're, if you're capable of doing something and um, you have the ability to do it, um, go ahead and do it. And I'm not saying we're going into industries where we have zero clue about. I mean, we're also into agriculture. As you can see, we've started ourselves going into agriculture. We're not, we're not like born and raised agronomists, but we're going into that space. We're educating ourselves in, the, in that space so that we can be of added value to farmers. And um, so every industry that you see on our website that we're, that we're uh, operating in, we either have the knowledge or we attain that knowledge. And I wouldn't say we're in every industry, but we are really limiting ourselves to the industries that we feel are, number one, relevant to the, to the country, um, what's needed for the country, and two, that we are comfortable in operating. There are certain projects that we will not do if we're not um, comfortable with that and pass them on to any of our um, contacts or of our, of our um, partners. But mostly things that we are comfortable in doing, we just go ahead and doing it. And we have been blessed with various talents amongst the three of our core team members. So we go ahead and do it. It's, yeah, that's really nice. It's very important to have a very diverse diverse team when, when you're starting a business like this. Um, right. What would you say would be the, the biggest sectors of the drone industry? Um, previously, I heard from from someone else in Nigeria. I, I can't remember the company right now. Um, and, and he said that oil and gas and agriculture are, are the biggest um, sectors of the drone industry. Do you think that's right? Or do you, do you have a different opinion about that? I, I, I would like to think that I have a different opinion. They are probably the largest sectors period, without the, without the drone aspect. So oil and gas, unfortunately, is still very big in Nigeria, but it's not a sustainable industry. It's not a um, sustainable future for the country. Um, I feel Nigeria should need to be going more into the agricultural space. Reason being, uh, we have so much arable land that is not being used, that's not being utilized. I would say we're probably using 30, utilizing 30% of the uh, arable land in our country which is not good. We have over 60% of our, uh, our population are, are young people, are the youth, but we have such a high unemployment rate. So implementing drone technology into agriculture would make it more enticing for young people to go into agriculture. So they don't have to like, you know, go and plant seeds or, or pick crops. They can actually fly drones, do soil analysis, crop analysis and things like that, which is interesting, which is cool. But from my, from my um, point of view, I don't think that's been um, propagated enough or, or it's not being, being pushed to where it's supposed to be. Um, if you'd ask me which industry I feel is making the most use of the drone technology, I'd definitely say the, the filming industry um, because I think it's the easiest industry because you just buy a drone, you fly up, it looks great, you press record, and then you hand it to your director and he will do the rest. He'll do the color grading, he'll do the editing. So the skill set is not really um, of, 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 of high importance. It's more like, oh, that's just catching that 
uh, bird's eye view vantage point. Um, all the other industries, when you're talking about um, oil and gas, when you're talking about agriculture, uh, you need to be somewhat tech savvy and know exactly what data you're capturing to make it useful and um, important for the client, of importance mm -hmm. to the client. So I feel if, if, if we would say we need to um, expand in, that, in those sectors, um, a certain level of education is necessary because yeah. you can't just pick up a drone and start doing pipeline inspections. I mean, what are you looking out for? Um, what what, what, what um, um, airframe are you using? What um, data are you going to give the clients? What's your qualification of flying that drone? Because I mean, if you, something goes wrong and offshore and you have an accident, I mean, it can be damages to the tune of millions of US dollars. And that begs the next question, do we have insurance companies that can cover that in Nigeria? And currently we don't. All our drones are, in, are internationally insured, but our insurance company is in Austria. And um, we have that international insurance. So all of our UAVs are insured to the tune of 3 million euros. I don't know any insurance company in Nigeria that offers that. So if you're flying for a construction company, if you're flying for oil and gas company, and flying oil rigs, and you lose control of the drone and it crashes and you have um, damages to the tune of a million euros, who's going to pay for that? So all mm -hmm. these factors are not put right now. I, be, I, I, I don't believe we have that framework, that, that infrastructure is not there yet to be able to say those are the biggest industries for drone technology. They have the potential to be, but I personally don't believe we're there yet. Yeah, I think what, what is very interesting about that is that the filming industry is definitely also is also one of the first industries that, that really embraced embraced drones right. because it was first of all it was very easy like if they would do the mod met like rent a helicopter fly a drone you get the same yeah. shots very easy what we More should less, do yeah. um in the other industries um the, the the activities of the drones of the drones are a bit more complex so it takes a bit longer for people to really realize and that's then again part of that creating awareness um mm. I lost my train of thought, um, but that's okay. Um, so you started in 2015. Um, Great. Already uh, seven years ago. How was that to get started? Um, was it already legislation? Um, is there a legislation now? So how, how does that go legal-wise? Um, when we started off, it was more or less free for all. So um, there weren't any regulations. till we started um, 2017, I think. Um, they started with some regulation. 2016 already they started, so they were implemented. It took 2017, 2018. We're actually part of the um, stakeholders that was working together with the National Security uh, and Civil Aviation Authority to put those um, regulations in place. Um, uh, we're, so we're also part of, part of that process. Um, as it is today, um, it's, it's somewhat regulated. There are um, certain steps one needs to take to become a, a certified operating operator and operating company. So there's um, security checks, uh, security vettings with the DSS, um, with um, ONSA and all those security um, authorities. But there's still obviously, my Nigeria is huge. So there are many people that are flying that do not have these um, certifications, that do not have these um, security screening, security checks and everything. That's one aspect. When we started off, one of the things um, that was that was uh, that we learned very quickly is that we need needed to be um, have redundancy. 
So we started off um, with one drone. Um, early, quick, we realized just having one drone is not going to be sufficient to start a company. So we uh, purchased two drones. And um, as time progressed, also the technology got better and better, more advanced, which allowed us to expand into different sectors. So we didn't start off operating in all sectors. So we gradually uh, worked our way into different sectors that we felt comfortable the technology being able to deliver to a quality data to our clients and services to our clients. And one of the major challenges that we have, not so much in the past, because obviously the technology was new, the drones were new that we got. So with time, Nigeria is quite a harsh environment, especially in Lagos where we are, we're close to the coast. So there's corrosion, there's um, lots of things that drones don't like. For now, for example, now we're in Hamatan, which basically blows all the Sahara sand into the country and drones don't necessarily like too much dust and sand in their systems. So the challenge that we're having, uh, uh, what I'm trying to say is that maintenance, basically. Maintenance of our drones, um, we don't want to, it's, it's not just like a car, you can go to any roadside mechanics and we have lots of them in the country. With a drone, we personally don't want to just give our drones to anybody to repair. So we go to the um, certified um, repair offices or repair centers, which unfortunately are in Holland for DJI and in Germany. Um, luckily for us, um, we have center of operations in Austria but still we need to physically take the drones out. So that's still a huge headache because some of our drones are just too big to be taken in and out. And also by the same token, we need to have, which we do have uh, an EUC, which is end user certificate, which allows you to import and export drones because drones are classified as dangerous goods in the same way uh, or, or hazardous goods or what you want to call it, like a military uh, bulletproof vest, military uh, equipment and stuff and so on. So just a lot of challenges in that respect for maintenance and servicing of the drones. And unfortunately, um, our manufacturers aren't in the country. I don't know of any com drone manufacturing company that's in the country that's certified does drone repairs and maintenance work. And do, do you see a future there for the Nigerian industry to, to get all that stuff? Um, so to get all the maintenance and repair to get that to within Nigeria or to within Africa? Um, because I, I've heard it from other people as well that it's it's a disaster yeah. to to send it everywhere. Would that be uh, an opportunity? Leonard, I'll be honest with you, it's a huge opportunity. Uh, we've spoken to a couple of drone manufacturers, but for whatever reason, they're just too stubborn, too big-headed. I don't know why. They just don't want to... I think they were in Nigeria before and they must have had a bad experience and then they just lost interest in the market, which I think is a mistake because the market is, like you said, huge, huge, massive. People even people call us like every week, two, three hours ago before this interview, somebody called me and asked me to if we repair drones too. So every week, at least one person calls and asks to repair. And I know my limitations. Yes, I'm a civil engineer. Yes, I can solder. But I'm not going to repair a, a drone that I didn't put together myself. I could do it, but I, I won't put myself in such a, such, a, such a situation. I'd rather the professionals do it than know what they're doing. And for a company like us, we can't afford that. Some of our clients are big clients. And for something to go wrong and say like, oh, yeah, it was the guy that repaired our drone. They don't care. And it looks bad on, on us, you know. Mm -hmm. So there's, I do believe there's a huge market, and if anybody from any large drone manufacturers listening, like they need to come into the country and train some people to be able to or set up shop and be able to repair our drones. Yeah, That's because it's it's not only for Nigeria; it's just nowhere in Africa to be done. 
I think South Africa has. They have and, official um, dealers, but I don't know if they have repair yeah. shops. We once contacted um, DJI. They said they had someone in uh, Ghana. Okay, okay. Kenya. I think it was Ghana. But we contacted them. This was last year. Um, April, May. Until today, we haven't heard back from them. Okay. So um, it's, it's, it's all right saying you have somebody there. But if it's not an official official person, like actually DJI, and you just subcontracted to somebody, that African factor will come into play and the, 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 the quality management, the quality assurance is not going to be there, the customer support. And some of these companies are even bad themselves with customer support and things like that. So it's just, um, it's, it's, it's somewhat frustrating because you have this great technology, this great potential in a great country, but then you're hindered in something small like your, cam your compass doesn't work anymore. Your IMU doesn't work. There's just small things that really and truly, you don't have that time. You don't have the luxury of time to ship it out and ship it back in before that happens, before you get your drone back. It's two months past and your client is not interested in you anymore. And you can't just like con continuously be buying a new drone because one is broken down. That's not the way forward. No, that's, that's not really a good financial option. On the other hand, it's exactly. not really safety-wise an option either to fly with, with drones that, that, are, that have broken parts. Um, definitely when you're flying in industries that, that have these high, high liabilities like oil and gas or construction. Correct. Um, is it then, could it then be an opportunity as well to have something, um, to have a manufacturer that is more African-based instead of um, the Asian-based manufacturers? Or would you say that the opportunity lies more in having um, the representation of the big brands within Africa? Um, I think both would be, would be um, an option. Um, the thing is just, again, if to me, it just all boils down to that quality assurance. And I think that's also one of the reasons why not just in the drone industry in general, major companies shy away. The minute they hear Nigeria, it's like, oh, dude, no. Like, it's just red lights, you know? It's just, they just have this uh, perception of our country to be, it is challenging. I won't lie to you, Leonard. Nigeria is challenging, especially Lagos. It's, with infrastructural problems, you sometimes don't have lights for two, three weeks. You have to run on generator. The generator runs on diesel, and then there's no diesel available. The subsidy be removed, and the high prices go up. So... There's challenges over challenges over challenges, but what we need is like a, somebody that's dedicated and believes in the country, that understands the country and sets up shop. Or somebody that contacts a company, I mean, I'm not trying to advertise Drone Ninja, but a company that contacts us, you know, because we, we have that, I would say we have that finesse where we can really and truly be like a bridge between both worlds. I told you I was born and raised in Europe. I know about that um, uh, European mentality. I was, uh, I studied in Germany, so that, German engineering, the way of doing things structured in an unstructured environment, that's nothing new to me. I've been here now for the past 12 years and counting. So I'm able to you know, put those, bridge that gap, put that together. So it would be difficult for a company, a Western-minded company to come into Nigeria and run their company the way they want it in the Western world. It's not going to happen. It, ca it can't happen. And we've seen in the past, I think that's why also DJI pulled out. That's why some other companies pulled out of Nigeria because... They just can't come to terms with the challenges that we have. And then on the flip side of the coin, um, uh, uh, local talent will not be able to understand when it comes to drone technology and anything that's, that's, that's technical, that finesse. 
you know it's not about we, we we don't have that finesse and i see that with my electricians and i mean also besides flying drones i also build and construct like studios and things like that and i work with plumbers i work with electricians and just the finesse that they have with straight lines with with um, um, diagrams and blueprints that's it's, it's, it's an alien concept to them to us in this country, you know so we really truly have to marriage these two mar marry these two worlds together but again i believe it's doable and um i think no i think i believe it can be done with the right partners but again you need you need a, a big player to understand the intricacies of the country yeah do you think it's um because what 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 i saw is that in, in for example countries or not countries but like um in south africa it's it's a bit easier do you think it's because the south african mentality lies a bit closer to the european mind mentality than in Nigeria, or do you think that that not that that has nothing to do with it? Um. Well, I've fortunately enough, I've been in South Africa since 2017, um, for a very long time. So, um, and I'm between Nigeria and South Africa, and I see what you're trying to say. Yes, the uh, mentality there's a bit more. Uh, uh, I would say the, the environment is a bit more structured which would be more conducive to have um, uh, companies set up shop there. But again, South Africa, people think that Africa is like a country. For me to fly to South Africa, Johannesburg, would take me the same as if I fly to Frankfurt. So that's how big Africa is. So just to have a representative in South Africa doesn't help us in Nigeria, one bit. It's still way too far away. And does that mean that only in South Africa, we have the, 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 the ability to cater to the, to the African market. No, we have the people in Nigeria too. So we, it, again, it just goes down back to that point where we need somebody that's dedicated, understands the situation and helps or trains us to be able to do what they can do in South Africa. Because what they can do in South Africa is not rocket science. We can do that in Nigeria too. But we need somebody to take that time off and really and truly create that, um, that um, synergy. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I can 100% um, agree with that. Um, let me see. All right. Yeah, what I wanted to ask is, um, how is the um, education level of the people that are looking for work in Nigeria? Do you see that a lot of people um, still need to be trained a lot in order to fit in um, into um, yeah, something like your company? Um, or is it, um, or do you get candidates that are completely trained and ready to start um, at your company? So I probably opened the can of worms because education is a <laughs> is a is, is a challenge in this country. So educational system, in my opinion, is messed up. I mean, we get some people applying; they have a master's degree in, in engineering, and but their ability to apply whatever for me, I'd call like basic engineering is not there. I don't blame them, I blame the educational system. And I will tell you one thing, like Nigerians, we are very, very intelligent people. We're, we're highly intelligent, we're gifted. I mean, look at all the Nigerians in the diaspora in America, we're doing extremely well. You know, we graduate summa cum laude from like, uh, from, 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 from Ivy League universities. So given the opportunity, we, we could excel, but 
the 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 whoever's in charge of education, I don't want to go into detail, but whoever's in charge of that is not doing their job. I'm sorry. So the people that do come to us, they have so much potential, but and they're, and they're hungry for knowledge, like really and truly. They soak everything up like a sponge. You teach them some small things, and they, they 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 pick up on it quickly. But again, the environment that we're in will put you in such a situation where you learn a bit, and you're like, okay, I know enough. I can do it by myself because the foundation is not really there. So if there's no foundation, you just learn a bit and you feel you can go, then you'll sink. So the education system is needs to be needs to be um, basically uprooted and planted again because it's 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 not it's really and truly not working. It's not treating us te teaching us the basics, the basic way of thinking. You know, basic. Um, I don't know what's called in English and German. It's called Hausverstand. Um, yeah. Just like not common sense, but in that direction. You know, it's it's just not it's not taught. And and life skills you don't you don't even need because you wake up in the morning. You're like, okay, common sense is not going to help me. I need to first of all have light. So you need to work out how you're going to start your generator. And you need to have water. Okay, you need to learn how to get your water pump going. And then you see some kid, you drive on the street, you see some kids hawking, uh, hawking uh, goods, like sweets or what have you, and they should be in school. But just the environment is not conducive for you to use your, your head like that. It's just you need to be a hustler. You need to hustle, you need to get money, you need to survive. So taking time off now, and many young people are doing this, taking time off now, going on the internet and watching YouTube videos, that's where we get our knowledge from. Most of the people that come here, they get more knowledge from YouTube than they got from the university with their master's degree. And that's 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 a sad state of affairs. So you have somebody graduating with a degree, but they can't do anything with it because they're not taught what, what what's necessary. And then you have, and you have some people on YouTube doing videos and they're learning from there. There was a guy, very perfect example. The last guy that was with us, I met him three four years ago at a trade show. He came to me, he really didn't know, he just, he called drones droids. He said he wants to know more about droids. I said, yeah, they're called drones, actually. And then, he, you know, taught him a bit and everything, and he, he was interested in it, and he was also interested in the film filming aspect. Um, we parted ways two, three years, uh, two, yeah, two, three years down the road. I met him last year again, and he's now in video editing. He's so skilled. He knows how to use Final Cut and After Effects. I was like, who taught you that? I said, sir, you, you taught me a bit on Final Cut. But then after that, when I was traveling a lot, he said he went on to YouTube. And he does, he does things editing-wise. It's, 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 it's impressive. And Yabatech. So, um, yeah. I think um, that, that, that in say is, is a very important skill set to have, is to, is to know how to teach yourself things. Um, because I can tell you that that is not a skill that, that everybody has to, to know how to, right. to teach themselves stuff. Um, and it's also something that I've noticed um, during the interviews as well is, is the open-mindedness towards the drone industry and, and the high level mm -hmm. of motivation. Um, because what, what, what I can tell in my experiences here in Belgium, for example, is that people are very scared for drones. Here, people in Belgium oh. don't like them at all. Um, they would okay. rather have no That's drones than, than, than having drones in the industry. Um, and I know that I'm that I'm generalizing. Obviously, not a hundred percent of people are against course, drones, yeah. but um, there's a lot of privacy concerns and so on um, here in Belgium and oh, I would okay. say in Europe in general. And I can see that um, 
in the African market, um, there's a lot more open-mindedness and a lot and and people are a lot more motivated to get into the new industry um, instead of being afraid of it and and, and pushing it away. Um, Absolutely. Let me see. All right. Um, how did you how did you see the drone industry in Nigeria evolve? Um, because what we what we classically what we classically see is that there's this big boom of opportunity seekers, and then they slowly die off, and there's still less and less and less companies, and then there's a little spike, and then it goes down again. Um, right. How is that in Nigeria? Uh, it's a very very interesting uh, scenario, actually. So I would say as early as twenty. 16, 17, if you just went on the um, company registrations website, you saw so many drone companies being registered in, in the early yeah, 2015, 2016, 2017. Like people were registering the companies. If you go into that same website now and see all the companies, you'll see like only 20, 30% are still active. All the others are just, but that doesn't mean that they're not operating. There are even more operators now. So back in the day, you were like a novelty. If you'd fly it, inspire, you know, everybody would be looking and looking. Now you have all of the drones. You have all of the DJI drones. There's no DJI drone that's not in the country right now. But they're now registered because it's the registration process and the, the, the security vetting process is so tedious. And people are like, dude, I just want to use this technology and fly. But like all these regulations, over-regularization of this uh, drone use is just crippling my uh, business. So let me just start, let me just start flying. And you just have to go onto Instagram, Leonard, and you'd see there's so many drone operators. So yes, the use is being big, more and more people are using this drone technology, but the process in doing it officially is just, um, yeah. And are there any steps being taken? Are there any steps being taken to to have it more legal, to, to make sure that it's easier to be legal and to promote it as well? You see, there's so many challenges. I don't know if you know, in up north in Nigeria, we have lots of um, security issues um, with insurgents, with kidnappings, et cetera, et cetera. So I understand the concern to an extent of the government and the security um, uh, uh, security um, officers and, and institutions that they don't just want any Tom, Dick and Harry flying a drone because it becomes a security hazard and security issue. But by the same token, also, it's uh, crippling the development or expansion of the drone technology industry by over-regularizing it. Like the process needs to be made much more streamlined. You should go onto the, every country, you go onto the website, register your drone, put in your name, put in your contact details. And you, okay, you can even go as far as like in Austria, for example, you do an online exam, you pass it, you're good to go for one year. And the next year you renew it, renew it. I mean, I don't see any problem with that. and. No, it's not as bad as in, 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 in uh, Belgium where people are scared of the drones, but I think the people regularizing it, they just see the danger, the danger that they could, the drones could, uh, could, could uh, pose in the wrong hands. So I think trying to clamp down on that. At first, when the regulation, uh, uh, rules and regulations came out, I felt it was more like, okay, this is a new technology. They just saw dollar signs, like let's cash out. Because you have to pay a ridiculous amounts to get to get the drones registered and get your certification and everything and everything. That's slowly but surely, you know, coming down a bit. It's more of a security uh, issues, con security concern now. But I believe we have to start somewhere. And I, I think if every drone operator just, if we have a platform where everybody registers their drone, 
the drone gets a sticker, like a license plate, so everybody knows, okay, this drone, if I mess up and it crashes, I can be held liable. People were able to track me because this drone has a, has a, has a, has a number or, or license or whatever on it. I think that would be short-term a, a good solution as opposed to just saying, okay, you have to wait five years to get security vetted. You have to fly to Abuja, talk to DSS, talk to ONSA, then go to... And it's, 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 it's too much. And, and there's just some guys that I just want to fly. I just want to yeah. fly, you know? Absolutely. Um, that is, uh, and it's it's not to promote our, ourselves, but that is what we've done in in Malta in Europe. It's a, it's a small island uh, at the end of, of yeah, Italy. and in Malta. Um, and there is very easy. You you take the online exam. Our platform generates a certificate. You pay a fee. You request your flights. There's all sort of automations going behind it that make sure that everything is correct. That you're not flying too close to the airport and all that stuff. If you have a high-risk flight, you need to go get a tracking device so that the authority can track your drone while flying so that they have a live view. Yeah. And that's it. And that's all you have to do, which makes it a lot easier. Um, there's There has been thousands and thousands and thousands of flights over the last half a year, I think, there, um, which yeah, is, which is very impressive. No, no, absolutely not. Um, what I wanted to ask is, how do you see how do you see the drone industry in Nigeria evolve in the in the next five years? Ah, that's a good question. How I'd like to see it evolve is I would like to see um, industries, you know, embrace the technology like even more. But um, to be honest, I've seen more people now understanding the drone technology because i said we go to trade shows to create awareness so the last trade show that we did in october which is an agriculture trade show people like have become to like oh this is a drone so the first couple of trade shows we did in 2015 2016 they were like what is this so i had to like dumb it down like okay it's a flying camera okay how can i use this but now it's like, okay this is this drone do you have that and that and that one? Do you have this model? Do you have that model? So like, it's like people are getting, you know, more um, conversant in the drone use and drone application. And um, the next hurdle I think that they have is implementing it. So just knowing about the technology is great. So I still feel the film industry, yes, great. Um, aerial shots always look decent, always look nice. But and I'm not saying not to say that the film industry isn't important. Like, as I said, I also come from the multimedia background. So I, I appreciate the importance of drone technology in, uh, uh, in the film industry. But I'd like to see it more being used in agriculture because I really and truly believe agriculture is the future of not just Nigeria, of Africa. You know, there's so much and sustainable agriculture um, there's so much that still needs to be done in that sector. And I feel like drones can be, be a huge help in getting the agriculture industry back to where it used to be in Nigeria. Because Nigeria, before they found oil and gas, we were living off of agriculture proceeds. Coconut, uh, uh, cocoa, um, cocoa seeds and maize, groundnuts, all these things. We used to be huge in agriculture. People made fortunes in agriculture, and there's still people in agriculture, but then not utilizing technology as as should be. So where I see the technology hopefully going is through the agriculture industry, as I said, and also through the youth that we have, will help the drone technology grow in Nigeria and Africa. And what what is happening right now with all the lands that are not anymore being used? 
for the agricultural sector because earlier you said only like what was it 30 percent is being used and what what is it's, happening it's, with all that land it's just there it's just there Leonard. so rich people are starting to buy up like there's a there's a on the coast of uh, uh like lagos they're trying to set up new cities new towns and everything so that building constructing there but that's just a small it's not even you can drive you can drive from lagos to ibadan which is like a let me say a two hour drive and you just pass lands with nothing just trees 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 green trees trees and that's just a short stretch that's not even that's not even a quarter of nigeria i don't know if you've seen nigeria on 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 a, on a map like that's just a short stretch. Lagos to Ibadan is a very short stretch. There's still so much mm -hmm. more land we have, and it's not being used. So, yeah, yeah. The question: Nothing has been done. It's it's definitely we we can definitely not forget what a big country in size Nigeria is um, compared to to the European countries that that we know. Um, yeah. What is um, maybe maybe one of the final questions? Um, what do you like to do outside of the drone business when you're not dealing with civil engineering, um, the drones and the aviation industry? That's a good question. I, for a very long time, I would just eat, live, eat and sleep drones. <laughs> but I'd say I do enjoy, um, yeah, music, obviously. Um, I play the guitar, produce music. Um, I'm also into uh, photography is a let's say it's a hobby and um i am traveling of traveling i want to travel more within africa I used to see like other countries been around europe a lot i've been to belgium actually been to holland I haven't been to belgium don't think i've been to belgium now so yeah traveling yeah, there's there's definitely more interesting countries in europe uh than belgium i would say <laughs> Um, but it yeah. is beautiful, of course. Um, all right, Toby, thank you so much. Um, is there anything else that, that you wanted to say that you wanted to maybe make promotion for uh, or something? Not really. Um, I just want to encourage everybody that wants to fly drones to fly drones, do it responsibly. Um, there's an um, organization, the Nigerian Unmanned Systems Association. That's NUSA.ng. They um, help people that want to get certified and that want to um, get yeah the certification to operate drones um, legally. They 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 help you with those steps that need to be taken. Point the right and um, the people that are flying below the radar, um, I just really and truly like to let them you know use common sense and don't fly recklessly, don't fly dangerously, don't cause any unnecessary um, accidents because those are the that will cause the you know officials to come even down harder on drone use that's just not in nigeria i think that's everywhere in the world you just always have idiots that think they need to fly close to an airplane or airport or helipad or just stupid things like that yeah just be sensible when flying drones uh, absolutely because uh when you're in the air um you're not just uh, flying a drone you're in a place where other people are inside of other aircrafts, um, exactly. And press, um, so safety is always very important in the aviation. 
Oh, Leonard, and if, if, any, if anybody from drone manufacturers listening to this interview, they should contact us. They should contact us. That's drone.niger at gmail.com. Um, we'll gladly you know, collaborate and help you set up shop because we need like, manufacturers in this country to, to, have, to have somewhere where we can service our drones. And yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. We'll, we'll send this over to, to DJI. Every day. Yes, please. Until Tell them I did. I, I told them. <laughs> All right, man. So we thank you so much uh, for the interview. It was uh, it was really nice um, talking with you.